This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hello, Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the moment, it's a gorgeous looking day. A little on the chilly side. It was zero when I headed out from home this morning. It was six degrees when I left my home. Oh, really? Uh, Well, the difference, huh? It was two hours Mm -hmm. away, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you drove in from Prince Edward County. This I did. Morning. I did. I thought it would be just, you know, if I can get up at four in the morning to get to Whitby for 8 a.m. and teach classes, why couldn't I get up at well, of 4 course. a.m. and get here for nine? And timing was pretty tight, though. Except huh? I didn't get up at four. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Um, uh, so were any. It's a good thing Patrolman Proctor wasn't out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my son would have nabbed you. Well, or you. You, you also <laughs> yeah, play that role. That's, that's uh, somebody, true. Yeah, if somebody had seen me, they wouldn't have me. But I was moving so fast, I think I was going the speed of light, so they couldn't see me. <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> me gosh. and the theory of relativity. <clears throat> Fun and games with Charlie here on a Saturday morning. Okay. Hey, it's a garden show, my friends. So yep. we want uh, you to give a call, any questions at all, to Charlie, and she'll do her best to field them. And boy, she does. Her record's pretty darn good, I must say. Uh, in Toronto, here's the number to call 416 360 And then anywhere in the province, it is toll free. 1-866-744-740. And, oh, if you happen to be a first-time caller, uh, let Duncan, our operator, know, and he'll pass the word on to me. And then when it gets your turn to come on the air, just before you arrive on the air, you get the garden wings, the little ring there. Oh, and our little mantra, uh, very important, mm-hmm. call early, call often, one question per call. And uh, and it works. And it works. You know, it, it, like even last week, well, we, we had... Who was it they called back? I'm just looking. Was it Dawn? Somebody called and tried yeah. to sneak in a, a second question. And then we said, no. Yeah, it was Orist from uh, North York. Yeah, and that's right. he called back again. Yep. So it does it, work. It works. All righty. Uh, You've got a couple of uh, notes to pass uh, along. A couple here? of announcements. Yeah. Um, I haven't been getting as many announcements, so I will just mention right now for anybody who's involved with a club or a group mm-hmm. and has events going on that they'd like to, me to share on air, you can email me here at the station. It's C, my initial C dot Dobbin, so mm-hmm. D-O-B-B-I-N, C dot Dobbin at mzmedia.com. Uh, but I did uh, get one uh, for an event tomorrow. Uh-huh. It's the Greater Toronto Water Gardeners. They're holding their next meeting at the Banbury Community Centre, which is at 120 Banbury Road in North York. So tomorrow from 1230 to 330, mm-hmm. which is going to be you know a great opportunity to sit down and talk about water gardens yeah. with water gardeners. Like these are, you know, everybody's, some people are experts and some people are novices, but it's all about sharing. Gardeners are Water great gardens. sharers. No, it's, it's, like, well, you have, how big's that pond in well, your backyard? Well, 
three acres, exactly. but that's not quite the, it's a big pond. For the yeah. average person, a water garden is not 33 acres. But your pond is actually a man-made or yes, created. Yes, so, yeah, way back in the 60s. Yeah, technically, yeah. it's a, you know, whenever you make a body of yeah. water on your property, you now have water garden. Yeah. Um, but 33 acres is, is rather large. Yeah. Most of yeah. us deal with, you know, half yeah. barrel sizes. So, or, or my, my case, I did for many years. But... <clears throat> Some of the, the water gardeners, they'll have bigger properties. And again, mm-hmm. waterfalls and, you know, this and that, you know, yeah. the same water movement. And it's a great way to collect rainwater because we don't want to lose the rainwater off our properties. So it's a wonderful way to, you know, grade the land right. so that the water is staying right there for the future when you mm-hmm. need it during a drought. So water gardeners, 1230 to 330 at the Banbury Community Center. The speakers are Josh Clark and Nahal Knack on the subject water quality in ponds. Very good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another whole thing, right? The ecosystem of your water. Because you want to have toads and frogs and all that important stuff. Like you have, swans. and You probably have fish in there, don't you? Oh, yeah. Bass. Largemouth bass. So they were stocked, obviously. Well. At some point. They say the birds drop little I guess minnows of or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you don't think anybody ever threw a bass yeah, they, in there? Yeah, they did stock, but they stocked it with trout. We've oh. never, we've never found a trout. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they disappeared uh, yeah, the underground river or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got to move along because, okay. you know, Chris over there in Smithville is waiting patiently online to ask a question. So we'll get to that momentarily. You are tuned to the Garden Show here from Zoomer Radio AM seven forty. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie, here we go. Off to Smithville. Say hi and good morning to Chris. Hey, good morning, Chris. Good morning, uh, Frank and Charlie. Yeah, I just got a quick question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the seeds getting so darn expensive, Charlie, I got uh, squash and pumpkin seeds and some sunflowers that I want to hold over, and among other seeds. Yeah. What is the best way to prep them for storage? I know cool, dry place. Yeah, cool, dry, dark. Uh, so in a colored jar, mm. like colored glass jar, or even in paper envelopes, but cool and dry. Yeah. Um, in the case of pumpkin seeds, for example, I would uh, give them a wash, wash off the... Just the, hose off the gunk. The gooey stuff, exactly, and then lay them out on paper towels to dry yeah. and once they're thoroughly dried. And and remember, you want them to be mature, so you want them to be fat, not oh, yeah. not the little skinny wrinkled ones, because they're, they're not going to grow. <laughs> fat seeds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, no, easy enough to, to preserve. Now, were these things you grew from seed originally? These yeah, squashes? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. if, if they were hybrid varieties, then they may not grow exactly as you expect. So depending on what seeds you grew, I mean, that that's where we get into open pollinated versus hybridized varieties. And we can certainly save seeds from the open pollinated, but the hybrids don't necessarily give you the same plants next year. Yeah, because I'm just trying to stick with the old tried and true, you yeah. know, harvester, Detroit, red, and, oh, yeah. and uh, all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. and uh, But yeah, the price of seeds is getting so silly that... I know, yeah. And yeah, like you mentioned, like, some of the tomatoes, exactly. Some of the heritage varieties are totally worth saving the seeds. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. Trying to find beefsteak seeds. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, one. yeah, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, just turn around, wash them up. Yeah. Pat, uh, pat them till, like they're, they're dry. Yeah. Leave them out 24 hours minimum just to dry down and yeah. then, and then package them away for the winter. 
Okay, great. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for joining us, Chris. Always a a pleasure to welcome you to the airwaves here. So I thought when Chris called, he was going to ask about preparing pumpkin seeds to eat them. Yeah. As opposed to saving them. Because I, I love pumpkin seeds. Oh, like do you that. really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's oh, the ba- best part about Halloween. It's forget wow. the candy. I, I get to pull all those seeds out. Oh. And, and of course, you never wash them. You just roast them in the oven with some just, salt. And yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh so I good. get to try that. It's so We've good. We've got a couple of pumpkins and a skeleton. Oh, dear. That Shirley set up on, on a chair with oh, some of my old clothes on it. And are you expecting and, any trick-or-treaters? Uh, don't think so. Back no. in the forest there, it's a long I walk through, say, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> oh, uh, as uh, Chris said goodbye, that leaves another line. In fact, we've got a couple of lines open right now. In Toronto, call 416 Three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Okay, Norma from St. Catharines. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. I'm calling about my amaryllis. Yeah, I've had them out all summer, mm-hmm. but the leaves are still green mm-hmm. and they're still thirty three inches long. I know. So now, wait. So can they're I in. Cut them. No, no. Wait. They're in pots, right? Yes. Okay. So br- time to bring them in the house if they aren't already in the house mm-hmm. or in the garage or on a porch. Just... I've got them on the deck. Okay. So make sure they're not getting any rain. Yes. Uh, and st- stop watering them. Just no more water. And okay. those green leaves will naturally turn yellow, uh-huh. which is what you want. Right. Uh, do bring them in if we're getting super cold. I mean, where you are, of course, the banana belt. You probably haven't seen a frost yet, but I can uh, put, bring them in the garage. Yeah. Just. And you just by ignoring them, they will, those green leaves will turn yellow. Don't, don't, don't get, I don't like to kind of just cut the leaves off. It's so dramatic to do that. Like let them slow down physiologically, mm. go to sleep, uh, because of lack of water. Right. And then you, yellow leaves, you can cut those off and let, let them sit for six or eight weeks, wherever, and then sit them in the windowsill, give them water once. And before you know it, they'll be flowering. Now, do I have to repot them? No, they like to be. They like to be in a pot that looks like it's way too small. And what about the soil? Is the um, soil still okay? Yeah, eventually. You're, I mean, how many years have you had them in the, the this pot? This will be the second year. Yeah, sometimes I find the soil uh, starts to deter, like disappear. Mm-hmm. Right, so yes. you may want to add a little bit of soil just to keep the soil within just regular soil. Yeah, potting soil, not yes. not from the garden soil. Uh, but okay. you want to keep the top of the soil level about half an inch below the lip of the pot. So sometimes I'll add a little bit that way, mm-hmm. and eventually you're going to have to repot them because eventually the bulbs are going to break the pots. So they'll just okay. get big. Well, All that right. sounds great. Yeah, let us know how that works out. You too. Have a good day. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very Bye-bye much. Bye now. Okay, Norma, take care now. And we have to take our first break oh. on this uh, Saturday morning. Oh, already? Tw- 26th of October. I know. Are you wow. getting ready for Halloween? Have you oh, got your costume? And- yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we have to take a break, as they say. So give a call to uh, one of our numbers in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And the long distance line covered at one 866-740-4740. We'll be along to say hi to John in Markham next here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, a little bit to the north, a little bit to the east. There's Markham, <laughs> and that's where John is calling in from. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
You're not too far north, but a little colder than you are, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was zero when I left uh, the farm up there in Newmarket this yeah, morning. Yeah, we have uh, frost on the, on the roofs here now. Yeah. Is oh, that right? Is that oh, right? Boy. Okay, yeah. yeah. All about my favorite flower is the dahlias. Uh-huh. And uh, just that uh, I haven't brought them in yet. Okay. I heard one time that you're supposed to leave them out. Yeah. Once or twice, then after the frost, then you take them out? Well, I, I like to leave them out until the foliage, all the leaves and stems collapse. Okay. So you may find that you had enough frost last night that once it gets, you know, the sun is a little brighter and happening uh-huh. today before the rain starts. Because remember, it's going to really rain this afternoon or tonight. Well, should, I should take them out this afternoon then. Yeah, take a look. See if the foliage is I just hate, I dropped. Put them. I beg your pardon? <laughs> Sorry, we didn't catch that last comment, John. I, I hate to part with them from oh. here, I guess, and leave, leave them long. It's beautiful still. Oh, yeah, no, don't part with them. They're worth keeping because whatever you planted last spring is going to be twice as big now and will be just that much better next year. So, yep. no, I would get them out of the ground. Bef- if Assuming that the foliage has dropped with the frost last night, get out your garden fork and fork them up out of the ground, get them into the garage or onto a porch, somewhere where they're out of the rain, and just leave them, lay them out on newspapers, let the tube dry down a bit and then you'll gently get the soil off of the tubers and then put them away for the winter go wash them no i wouldn't wash them no okay question i know for uh, storage just cool place mm-hmm. i was told uh that we put some salva on there i was in the paper one time yeah because if there's any damage to the tubers um with because of the fork mm-hmm. puncturing oh, holes yeah. or anything like that there is a tendency that there can be fungus uh, and they can rot. Your tubers can rot. We used to dust the bulbs with all kinds of fungal, like captan and things that are no longer available. Uh, So sulfur, it's just you would use it as a preventative, a powdered sulfur, but make sure that it is designed to be used straight out of the container. Moss is the the number one uh, storage? Yes, peat moss, exactly. Peat moss and cool temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. And check them. Go check them every month or so. Go in there. We're, you know, they need they to be in the dark. Moss, like a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Bury them in the peat moss. But do check because you don't want it too dry. They'll shrivel up. Too wet, they'll rot. So there's a fine you know, line. I'm, yeah. I must say that, like, I was born in the Netherlands. So there, I went back a few times. There, here we have uh, saucer. Dahlias back there, they call them plate dahlias. Is it true that you take two or three leaves off in the spring Uh to make bigger flowers, bigger heads? Yeah, you take the buds Mm -hmm. off. When the buds start to form, you remove. We actually call them dinner plate dahlias, and they're huge. They're the size of a dinner plate. But you have to remove some of the buds when they start to grow. Keep one only. There'll be like four or five. Just keep one, and they'll get massive. Okay, John. Good enough. <laughs> Thanks for calling. It makes a lot of difference too. We have different. It's hard to grow here and back home. Yeah, well, the Netherlands Absolutely. is perfect yeah. conditions for growing, as we know. <laughs> so, well, thanks for calling. I love dahlias as well. Absolutely. Oh, okay, um, we're moving along to uh, an old friend here uh, who's gotten a well. She got her her daughter involved in, in, <laughs> with this show too. Uh, Siva S- in Toronto. Yeah, good, good morning, Siva. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Okay. I do want to thank you guys for all the help you've given me over the 
time Thank for my you. garden. I got like 22 pumpkins. They're so huge. I see that. No, your daughter Celia sent some photographs. Yes, I told her to because I'm not computer savvy. So That's <laughs> oh, yeah, I, but use, I use her beautiful. all the time. There we are. We're so anybody up. who's watching yep. this show on the web, because we do stream live, can see a photograph. I'm holding it up to the camera of you yes. surrounded by all your squashes and pumpkins. Yeah, they're <laughs> lovely. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you because oh, you guys have given me so much help. Oh, well, you looks like you've been very successful. So you very are busy, yeah. you are a success story. So thanks for the thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. All Have right. a good day. And thank thanks, you very Eva. much for, for calling in and sending those uh, photographs. That's always mm-hmm. nice, you know. Exactly. You connect like that. And uh, use your children if you, it, when you can. Yeah, you know, that's right. My yeah. daughter, Sydney, is my oh. social media well, marketing yeah, manager. Well, yeah, set up your website, exactly. the whole ball of wax. And, and people think I'm, like, super savvy, and mm-hmm. I'm not. It's her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, over to Hamilton. Let's hop to Hamilton. There's Sally. Hey, good morning, Sally. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have just bought some succulents Mm -hmm. and I want to know about watering. Do I water from the top or do do I put the water in the saucer and uh, how often? Yeah, I was going to say, first thing is just don't water. water. (laughs) Just don't. Err on the side of underwatering rather than overwatering. Succulents are very trendy right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people love them because they're different forms and different textures and colors and very interesting. The little ones, you can line them all up on windowsills. I've seen them for sale at Ikea and all kinds of places. So assuming that you've got a sunny windowsill, because these succulents need to be in the brightest sun you've got. Yes, I do. So there they are. And as you said, you've got saucers beneath. And um, what I do, there's a couple things you can do. If they're not prickly, so these, it could be a jade plant, mm. for example. A jade is an example of a succulent. Look, just watch the leaves. Feel the leaves now, assuming that they, they are new and they're in good condition. The leaves should feel quite firm. Mm. Now, every couple of days, feel again. Just give a little gentle squeeze to one of the leaves and eventually those leaves are going to start to feel soft. They're going to have a little bit of give to them. They might even get a little bit puckered or wrinkly looking. And that's when you know to water. Oh, I see. Okay, because remember, there's, those leaves are storage organs for water. Right, so the right. soil might be bone dry. The, you say to yourself, oh my gosh, these poor mm-hmm. plants are so dry. Meanwhile, there's a lot of water being held within the plant. So oh, you've got to so wait. you test them by the leaves. That's what I do. And that's how you'll get a sense. Because it's impossible for me to say, oh, water every 10 days. Like, I don't know. It depends on the size right, of the pot. Right. depends on the Number temperature of, of your, yeah. your room, etc. Um, and the question of water, uh, watering from the bottom is fine. Fine. Watering into the sauce, into the pot is fine, but don't water the actual plant. So if you're going to water with a little, you know, thin stream of water onto mm-hmm. the soil till the right. water drains out the bottom, that's fine. But to, try to avoid getting the foliage right. wet. And do they grow very large? They can. They, they you know, can. if you can keep them for years and years, I mean, I've I've had jade plants sometimes, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. I've, wow. you know, there's an ancient one at the Royal Botanical Gardens. I, I think it's about 200 years old. So, oh I mean, they, they given the mm-hmm. right conditions, they will grow uh, slowly but surely. You don't want them to grow too fast. So don't think about fertilizer and err on the side of under rather than overwatering. Great. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much. You're I appreciate very welcome. the information. Thanks, very, Sally. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, if I can squeeze a little plug in for our uh, for who are your dry Wetson. cleaners? Oh, 
<laughs> no. Well, that's a good the idea. The banana guy. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, Somebody I'm, else. No, Marilyn Wetson, who does the show before oh, of us. Course, yes. Of course, yeah. Um, from a woman's perspective. Anyway, on the way out the door, she said, hey, would you guys give me a little plug? Uh, she's our, The Zoomer show, of course, is on. Today. The, yes, Intercare Center, oh. today and tomorrow. Okay. And uh, Marilyn is going to be on the main stage with her show at 155. Fashion show. And she said, I said, well, whereabouts, you know, Roughly, are she said, look for the wine bar, the wine tasting, the wine tasting. Uh, yeah, of course, that's where you'd be. Well, she's got an exhibit, <laughs> right? And she's doing retail therapy. Yeah. yeah, she's doing all kinds of things in her booth. Exactly. But you're right. I think she's doing a fashion show on the travel stage. Yeah, it's, it's called Lifestyle and Travel Stage. Right. Yeah, one fifty-five. Yeah, and Wendell Very Clark's cool. going to be there too for guys. Really? How about that? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, autographs. Or and something? I'm I'm there tomorrow from eleven to two. Where? At the at Zoomer show. Are you on the fashion show uh, no, stage? No, no, I will not be strutting my stuff on stage. Yeah. <laughs> you should. That'd be hilarious. Well, yeah, I'm sure it would be. You could find Maud and get her to yes. get her up there. Well, now, that, that's a good idea. It's not hmm. a bad idea. Uh, but where will you be? If somebody wants to say hello to you tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry? Where, where will you be? At the Zoomer booth. Oh, there's we a Zoomer a radio, booth. Okay. Zoom, radio, uh, a Zoomer radio booth. Yeah. Okay, and so you're hanging out with your... Yeah. And we'll have stuff to give giving away. Giving autographs yeah. and kissing babies and shaking Megan hands. Chipman uh, is uh, one of She's the gals great. here at the station yeah. who just organizes everything so beautifully. Yeah, anyway, yeah. better move along here. I'm eating up the important time for Kathy from Thornhill who wants to ask a question. Good morning, mm-hmm. Kathy. Morning. Hi, Kathy. Oh, hi. Good morning. Um, I would like to know, I have beautiful hibiscus plants, mm-hmm. three Four foot ones. Oh my! And I, I, I don't want them to die. I need to bring them inside, but I'm not sure how to take care of them and if they should be cut back. So those are big plants. Have, yeah, I know. <laughs> have you got a, a patio window, bright sunny spot to put them in? Yes, upstairs I do. Okay, perfect. So yes, indeed, I would be planning to do that. Did you have frost in Thornhill last night? Oh. We we were they weren't outside. I didn't leave oh, them outside. Okay, I brought them in the garage, and one of them is Good. upstairs already. It's a smaller one. All right. So, what I find often with the hibiscus is that they will have buds on them now, and so you yes. hate to cut them back because if you cut them back, you're cutting off all those buds. I know. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But <laughs> then on the other hand, sometimes they're so big that we have to cut them back just to get them in the door. So, right. Uh, you know, bottom line is you you will cut them back. The best time to cut them back is March. If you can wait till March, then do a, a, a proper pruning and qu- you can do quite a hard pruning in March, which means there'll be smaller plants next year when they start flowering out in your, your back garden, uh, right. and you're bringing them in. They won't be hopefully like they'll grow back. Hibiscus grow pretty mm-hmm. fast. So we cut back, you know, good, good chunk of the plant in the early spring. Uh, for now though, it's really just a question of making sure the, the plant is clean. I, if the hose is still hooked up, I'd give it a good wash with some soap and water, the leaves, the stems, even washing through soap and water through the soil. You don't want to bring in the earwigs or the, uh, any little, you know, spiders and things that have been making a home right. on the plant. And then it's getting that plant into the brightest, sunniest window that you've got. Uh, and then being careful to not overwater because remember, the light levels are quite dramatically lower indoors than they were outdoors. 
So expect some yellow leaves, expect some very natural dropping, uh, and some new leaves to grow. But, uh, but do feel the soil only water when they're very dry. You can even, again, look at the leaves. They, the leaves will actually get, uh, they'll go a dull green color when it's time to water from the vibrant green sort of shininess that they are now. So again, we're at that time of year where it's easy to overwater. We've been watering all summer with gallons and now plants are not Uh growing as much. So we slow down on our watering and only water as required okay so okay. i can't fertilize to no keep the flowers no okay no because again see okay. the, the plants are responding to the shorter days and so they are slowing very naturally slowing down mm-hmm. you okay. you crank fertilizer you're completely mm-hmm. telling yeah. the plant yeah. to do something the opposite of what it wants to okay. do <laughs> and last year when we had them in the windows upstairs we have two bedrooms upstairs we're empty nesters mm-hmm. um it was like a greenhouse, but oh, nice. unfortunately, all the hibiscus had all those teeny weeny little white mites. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So did you yeah, end up? And they and it spread from one to the other, and yeah. yeah. Did you end up tossing those plants and getting new ones? No, you uh, I did. I did purchase some an extra one this year, but we cut them back, and one of them is finally flowering now. But Good. It, but it's. Taking a long while, yeah. Well, well, keep an eye on them because you're right. The little white, they're called white fly that hibiscus typically gets. And it is a flying insect Mm -hmm. that's pure white. And it's, I have no idea where they come from. It's, I mean, they're obviously dormant in the soil. When the plant is happy, we don't see the white fly. As soon as the plant gets a bit stressed Mm -hmm. in the winter in our dry furnace, you know, hot air homes, Uh, then the white fly takes advantage of that situation. So just keep an eye on the plants, spray them every now and then, do whatever you can to keep the humidity high around the plants. So that's why putting them together is a good idea because they share each other's moisture, but it's a bad idea because then they'll share each other's uh, insects as well um, <laughs> but, but pot is something as simple as some pots of water just evaporating around the plants just adding moisture some, to the air humidity. and yeah. and okay. yeah if you've got the time get out a little spritzer and give them a spritz uh, every at least once a day twice a day if you can just keep the humidity as high as you can and you won't have as much problem with insects okay okay thank you I'm very much Okay, what kind of soap would I use to clean them out now? Well, to, real soap? insecticidal soap is what you need if you're oh. concerned about insects. Safer's, Other, Safer's is mm-hmm. available at any of the garden centers, so you could do that. Or, or um, yeah, ivory should be soap. We avoid detergents because detergents don't kill insects, but they do a nice job bathing the plants. Okay. <laughs> okay. Kathy, we have to move along, my love. Thank Thanks you. for calling. Thank you very much. You can always call back with another question, you know, yeah. uh, second time around here That's on The Garden right. Show. Now, Carol in Kitchener, waiting on the line very patiently. Hi, Carol. Good morning. Yeah, good good morning. morning. My question is, is it too late in the year? I have a sedum plant that I'd like to move, and I also have, I don't know the botanical name, I call it a burning bush, mm-hmm. a very small one that's coming up where I don't want it, but I've got a spot where I could put it. Is it <sighs> too late to do that? Um, technically... Maybe by a week or so, but if you're, it's a beautiful day right now. And if you got the energy and the time and the ability to get out and do it today, I would do it today. The, the rule of thumb is we don't plant or transplant anything in the fall after. And it's always a bit of a crapshoot. You want a six-week window between your planting and your first hard frost. And the reason for that is the soil is nice and warm right now. But once we get those frosts starting, the soil is going to cool down. Once the soil cools down, then the roots will not grow on our transplants. And so they can tend to get pop they, when the ground does freeze and they're not 
no root growth has taken place, they tend to get popped up out of the soil and we'll find them right up on the surface of the soil in the spring. So um, depending on sort of what, where you're gardening and what kind of mm-hmm. sun and the warmth of the soil and all that important stuff, I would still, if you, if you can get out there, get out there today and, but keep an eye on them. You know, the, a hard frost is probably still a long ways away. These little light frosts are not really affecting soil temperatures much at all. So, um, would it help with when I plant it if I sort of on the surface of the around it mm-hmm. put some straw or something to it maybe sort of alleviate some of the frost from getting in too soon? Well, it can. Usually what we'll do, a little, yes, exactly. Leaves? Leaves, straw, anything that will actually slow down the soil cooling off is what will happen, just because it'll, it'll be that air trapped around the crown of the plant. But be sure okay. your leaves or your straw doesn't actually touch the plants. Just have it around. Okay. And um, yeah, no, you'd be surprised. If, assuming it's fairly sunny location and the soil's in good mm-hmm. condition, pop them out, keep the soil around the root balls, and get them back in the ground, water thoroughly, and um, yeah, lots of rain expected later today, but uh, certainly today's, this morning's a great day to be outside. Okay. Should um, there be fertilizer put in the soil when I'm doing transplanting or not no, really? No, no, no. So just like um, the last caller, Kathy, wanted to fertilize her hibiscus, no fertilizer on any plants right now. Plants do not want to be pushed to grow when they're not wanting to grow in a war they will grow roots though and that's fine i would even use a plant start or any of those kind of fertilizers at this point just put them in the ground let them be next spring think about fertilizer okay okay we, okay, we have to that. thank you very welcome. we have to move along my love Thanks thank you so much calling. for calling in uh and we're up to our next break here on the the garden How show does that happen? and yeah well you can use a moment to get your breath for gosh sakes you know and we'll be back to say hi to marianne and kitchener right after these words on the garden show daffodils and daisies bluebells and begonias forsythia and foxgloves marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums stalks fox hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams you've picked the right place for everything floral this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, I can't believe it. I made a mistake. Uh, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not you. Yeah, I know, I know. That's I, just not um, like you. Marianne and Kitchener, hold on. Uh, actually, Elsa is in line first and, and from Toronto, and she's a first-time caller. Yay! So wait a minute. There Welcome. you go, Elsa. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Great. Welcome it's to the show. It's a beautiful morning, eh? It sure is. Beautiful yeah, blue sky. You. Yeah. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Uh, I want a question for you, my dear. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a phantom hydrangea, mm-hmm. and every year blooms beautifully. Mm-hmm. But now has a lot of flowers. There is the from white they want to mm-hmm. dark pink. Yep. But I don't know when I ha- I have to cut the flowers now or just leave oh, it. Oh gosh, no, leave them. They're beautiful. Okay. Don't take them off. You will cut them in the spring, but do not cut oh, them in now. In the spring. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, I can trim them in the spring. Yeah. So the reason why is they are beautiful. They'll hang on the plant. So phantom hydrangea. I'm gonna just bring it up on my screen here, so uh, Frank can see how pretty it is. But bottom line is, you want to enjoy those flowers all winter. They will hang oh. on the plant. Oh, that's wonderful. And they'll turn sort of a golden, bronzy color. Yes. And yes. then they're gorgeous. And then then in 
the spring. So a nice day, a sunny day. Yeah. It might be March. It might be April. They're you're going to get out there with your sharp pruners and you're going to prune that plant right back because that, I mean, they get big. It's going to take over your yeah. entire garden. So you, you don't want you, that. Yeah, no, um, that's right. So you're going to just say, okay, plant, I love you, but you're too big. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to do a whole, uh, you know, specifically cutting and removing a good whatever, mm. six inches a foot off of every single branch. And at that point, those flowers will all come oh. off. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much. And another question, if I may. Oh, uh, oh, I have... I'm sorry, Marianne. Marianne, it's be... our little rule has to Elsa. be applied here. One question per call. But please oh, call, okay. call okay. back. Okay. Yeah, okay. Elsa, okay. call back. Yeah, call back. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Okay. Sneaky. <laughs> I know. Just. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, they get running. And, I uh, know, they get on a roll. Know and they gra- <laughs> one more uh, question. Now we're, now we're now back to Marianne. Kitchener, and Marianne is there. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning. Good morning. I'm wondering, my mother bought my herself and and me a, 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 high, a mandevilla plant <laughs> yes. last October. Oh. And there was a few blooms on it, but uh, it hasn't bloomed since, and we've repotted them this summer, and it's... They're, Lovely and green, yeah. but she's ready to throw her because it's not. We didn't get any blooms at all, all. summer. That's kind of crazy. You would think it would have bloomed at some yeah. point. So, did you have it in lots of sun? Um, I think yes. Because they, the, t- it, it, you know, it, it's it, it's indoors though, right? Oh, so it's climbing the blinds and oh, everything. So you weren't it's, able to take them yeah. out. I, yeah, I don't know if it needs special food or if you need to. Not really. What it needs is a high light intensity and during the growing season, so that sort of big burst of yeah. growth that happened what about April. A grow light? Yeah, April, May, June. Yes, fertilize then. And maybe what a grow light would be a good idea, a little supplementary lighting. Uh-huh. And I imagine it got growing like crazy. And did you do some pruning through the summer at all? Because um, it was... Well, only when it was growing like up by blinds. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of... You know, took off the uh, the excess. Yeah, so that's it, the challenge. You may have it grows like crazy, but there's no not even the hint of a bud. I know, but it may be that some of that pruning you did had buds on it. So remember, well, I, well maybe I. It's, it was the tendrils. Like it wasn't yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like but that's not, how not they the work. Plant. It was the tendrils that were kind of going up the blinds, and. uh I know, but it's those tendrils. It is a vine, right? So you need to get okay. a bit of a trellis or something for the plant to grow on. And is then, it, is it a better outdoor plant? Because I mean, it's it's quite large now, you know, <laughs> and, and to move it or anything, taking over your house. It kind of can, yeah, because it's in a larger pot uh, now. Uh, and, yeah, uh, particularly you've encouraged it, it, was it to get bigger. Bound, yeah, so I thought that was going to help putting it in a larger pot. It'll be a bigger plant. <laughs> It'll be a bigger. Yeah, I can't, can can't you, get much bigger to stay in the house. Can you put it outside next spring? I, I well, I can. Yes. Okay. So what I would do is, but it, it you know, the, the the little information that came with it said like uh, full sun only mm. part of the day, and uh, like on my balcony, it's pretty brutal in the summertime. It's uh, it gets quite intense. Okay. Well, that's. Fine. It just—it's the kind of thing that you'll—you can't just take it from inside your house and outside into extreme hot, burning sun and wind overnight. You'd have to do something called hardening off. You'd have to gently take the plant outside into the shade, and then and if it's not too big and you can handle it, bring it back in for the night, take it out the next day, and it's process about two weeks to get a plant from inside to outside happily ensconced in the real world. Yeah, it's funny though. My friend of mine lives in a uh, senior's retirement home. They had two mandevillas in these uh, pedestal 
pots mm-hmm. at the front door, mm-hmm. and they bloomed all summer. Yeah. It just irritated me I know, but over I, there to, to see how the beautiful blooms on those plants. But again, they were outside. They were outside. Yeah. Higher yeah. light intensity, and some, believe it or not, sometimes when a plant is pot-bound, as you pointed out, yours was, yeah. you will get flowers more readily because of the stress that the plant is under being pot-bound. So yeah. for now, don't worry about it. Let it be a happy green plant. It's okay. going to be a green plant all winter. Okay. In March, you're going to get out your pruners and you're going to prune it back quite hard. Okay. Uh, in, in the meantime, if it's a problem, you're going to do some small pruning, mm-hmm. but no major pruning until right. we, we're into March or, or February or even April. Okay. And if you can, start the process of getting it outside in May. Okay. And at that point, fertilize with flowering plant fertilizer. And by June or July, you should have lots of flowers. Okay. So, so, uh, is it, uh, and temperature sensitive at all? Like no, no. Well, it's a tropical it can stand plant. A bit of cool. Yeah, but not below freezing. Yeah. Right. Happy at ten degrees Celsius uh, or fifty Fahrenheit. It'll slow it down quite a lot. If you can cool it down, that's fine. Okay. But not below freezing. Okay. Thank you, Marianne. Very helpful. Thank all you. Right. You're very Thank welcome. You. Uh, we have to take another break here. We're just a little bit overtime for our break, so let's get to it right now, and then get back to our callers here on the Garden <laughs> Show from Zoomer Radio. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden passing things (laughs) along to Mississauga, where Steve is calling from. Good morning, Steve. Hi, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. I I was curious, uh, seeing as how I've just decapitated and gutted the uh, the pumpkin, (laughs) if you could uh, repeat the recipe, Charlie, when it comes to roasting the seeds. All right, so you... Inside the rest, inside the pumpkin, you've got all the, what we call the goop or the innards of the, of the pumpkin. And of course, there's all those seeds attached to all that goop. So what I do is as I'm scooping all the goop out, I'm separating the seeds out from the goop, composting the goop, keeping the seeds. Now, if you look online, they talk about washing the seeds, which is completely wrong. You got to <laughs> leave that nice little bit of pumpkin juice on the seeds. So they're a little bit moist. Flavorful. Mm. Exactly. Yep. And then you just get a baked baking sheet, you drop all those seeds out onto the baking sheet, flatten them out or, you know, level them out as much as you can, sprinkle some salt, sea salt, whatever kind of salt, and then 300, 325 degree oven, uh, in they go, and every... 10, 15 minutes, give them a stir, and um, they're done in about half an hour, 40 minutes. Oh, so nothing, good. just salt. I mean, I'm no, seeing all the... No olive oil in the butter. Yeah, you that. don't need any of that butters or oils or anything if you've got that little bit of pumpkin juice still on the seeds. That's, Fair enough. So, uh, wow. You said around half an hour, yeah? Yeah, roughly. But do, do stir them, like pull them out every 15 or 20 minutes, give them a stir, because you don't want to overcook them, then they're, they get too crunchy yeah. and you can't bite them. Because you enough. eat the shell and everything, right? You just chow down. Oh, they're I am so salivating good. like crazy know, right now. So, oh. Jesus, they're so good. good. Well, I've already got them on the baking tray. All right, uh, yeah, good for you. So. We're on our way over. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, folks. I appreciate thanks, it. Steve. Okay, Steve, take Here. care. <clears throat> oh, look at this from Guelph. Here's nice. a f- Louisa, first time caller. Good Welcome morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. morning. I have a question. I have a bougainvillea, uh-huh. and it's four years old. Wow, beautiful. But uh, should I cut it? When do I have to cut it? <laughs> Is it uh, really, it is really uh, probably four, five, four feet tall? Oh, yeah, okay. And is it in your house right now or outside? Yeah, it is in the house right now. You can do whatever cutting required, but the best time to do that is in the spring. In the spring. 
spring. I'll because finish. any cutting you do now is quite hard on a plant. Uh, Bougainvillea, any plants are all shutting down for the winter, slowing down. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a prickly plant. So if it's got, you know, shoots coming out where it's going to hurt somebody, cut back what you have to cut back. Okay. But you can do like quite a radical cutting back in the spring. You can take as much as a third off of the plant. Should, uh, I, should I be it in the, um, in, the, in the shade and the dark or leave it in the sun? I'm a big fan of leaving them in the sun and keep them growing as houseplants over the winter. Okay. Sometimes people will force them into a dormant state by putting them in the dark, but you do run the risk of it not surviving, just because that is very shocking. Very hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because last year I brought it downstairs. We have a, a sliding door, and there is a sun in the afternoon, but it lost all the leaf, and I was afraid it will die, but yeah. it came it's up survived. again. survived, yeah. That's it. They will, when they go, when you force them to go dormant, they will drop their leaves, and so you're right. That's always that scary thing of, have I killed it? Yeah. But yeah. then in the spring, if there's still energy in the plant, the root is still alive, new buds and new leaves will grow, and that's actually a really perfect time when there's no leaves on the plant to see where to cut it back. Right. Okay, yeah. Okay. Thank- All right. Thank you, Thank Louisa. you, and good luck with that. 40-year-old uh, Bougainville is no wow, easy task. You Trust betcha. me. Oh, we have time very quickly, though. Mm. Last caller. First time caller. Denny in Fort Erie. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Charlie and Frank, for taking my call. Good morning. I have a problem with a Bing cherry tree. Okay. It's about three years old. Uh, my wife pruned it about the end of September because we don't want it to get too high on us. But the bark is splitting, mm-hmm. and one is about nine places where the bark has split. Mm-hmm. One of these on the trunk, I can put half my thumb in it. Oh, dear. It's opened yeah. up that much. My wife says, well, it's injured, and now the tree's going to die. Is there any is oozing? Is there any this, or is there anything I can do to save the tree? Well, is there any kind of oozing coming out of those cracked bar- the cracked bark? Do you see any? A couple spots there is. Yeah. Okay, so there is a disease. You can look this up online. It's called black knot, K-N-O-T. Black knot is a fungal disease that goes after uh, any of the prunus, the cherries, the plums. If you have black knot on such a young tree, I would uh, burn the tree or eliminate the tree. It's you don't want that tree on your property. Start again and never prune fruit trees in the fall. Do your pruning in the early spring or late winter. That's the only real time. And get a hold of some dormant oil. So dormant spray kit, which is lime sulfur and horticultural oil. Mm-hmm. Again, that's used in the spring as per directions to try and prevent black knot from getting yeah. in to any of the wounds that are caused when we prune. Yeah, Jim, glad you called, Denny. That, yeah, you know, too bad. Boy. That's sad, but it's only three yeah. years. So do it again because... Yep. Nothing beats sweet cherries. Love. And look at that. We're at the checkout counter. We are. Where did that hour go? I don't know. But I'm starved. I'm more starved than you. (laughs) I hear your tummy rumbling from here. Yes, Uh, indeed. Thank you, Charlie. uh, Really interesting show. Yeah. As usual. And you're back again this afternoon. Yeah. I'm going to pass along a tip, by the way, for... All those ladies out there who like to sing, mm-hmm. you listen to my show this afternoon starting at 2 o'clock, and I'll tell you about a group that you are just going to love. Yeah, and there's, okay? there's groups of them everywhere, yeah. choirs, right. so to speak. Right. All right, wonderful. Thanks for that, and thanks, Frank. Couldn't do any of this without your help. And, of course, Duncan definitely couldn't do it without his help either. Thanks to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.